When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is Sunday morning in Kansas City. Unless you're listening on the Odyssey app. I don't know where you are. Welcome into Bink Sundays with Grant Nicholson. I'm the sports machine, Sean the V, and you for the next three hours here on 610 Sports Radio. You want to chime in on our conversation? Do it. 913-576-7610 is thy phone number. We're going to talk a lot of Tyree Kill as this show rolls along because I planned on doing a lot of Tyree talk on Friday night when I was filling in for Bink. And then this thing happened where the NCAA tournament screwed me again and KU played in the middle of the show. And I knew it was going on. Like, I'm, I'm not an idiot. It was Friday night and KU was playing basketball, but not on, you know, the station I was talking on. So my, a lot of people might not have been listening compared to what are right now or at other times. That's all I'm saying, Grant. So I'm going to give some Tyreek takes that I've been holding on to for a couple of days. Coming up over the next three hours, we'll also talk plenty of Kansas Jayhawks basketball. Let's go ahead and start there in the NCAA tournament where we now know at least half of the final four. Yesterday, Houston, Houston lost to Villanova. Crazy enough, Houston went into that game as a five seed and Nova or were there four, whatever they were, they were pretty low. They weren't a one seed, I can tell you that much. My whole point was that they were favored in that game over a higher seed Villanova, which is a little bit surprising. I don't know if it was because they were in the Final Four last year, the Houston Cougars were. It ain't like Villanova's come out of nowhere. They've been in three of the last six now Final Fours. Man, that program probably doesn't get talked about enough when we start talking about the schools that we shouldn't. Like, with all due respect to Gonzaga... And they're great, and they get a lot of recruits, and they're putting guys in the NBA, and Mark Few's a Hall of Famer, and it's really impressive what they've done in a small city out there in the middle of nowhere in Washington. I ain't trying to take anything away from what they've done, but how many times have they won the championship? Jay Wright's already got a couple of rings, and he's got a chance with two more wins to put a third ring on his finger. And then you enter some really elite company. And it's not like Jay Wright's going anywhere, so... We probably don't talk about Villanova enough when it comes to the rest of the Blue Bloods. It seems like it's always KU, which let's give them credit. They did overtake Kentucky this weekend for the most wins in the history of college basketball. And if you've ever been to a game out at Allen Fieldhouse at the beginning of the game when they're doing the introductions and all that stuff up on the scoreboard, they used to, and maybe they still do. I didn't go to a game this year, but they flash back. They flash up the all-time wins. And... It's pretty impressive to think that when Bill Self got there, they were not that close to Kentucky. 
I think there were some 50, 60 games behind them. Think about how difficult that is to make up on Kentucky. Like, yeah, you're Kansas. You can have those seasons where you go 32 and three. So can they. Like, you guys have gave those back-to-back, and he's been able to make up that many games. It's impressive. The University of Kansas, now the winningest college basketball program in Division I history. So, you can talk about the Blue Bloods, and I am right now. You got to start with Kansas. And is it disappointing that they don't have more championships? Yes. Is this championship now theirs to lose? Sort of. Sort of. Follow me here. So there's not any one seeds left besides Kansas. And to get to the final four, they got to play a 10 seed. That's pretty gravy, baby. It could be a whole lot worse. If you look up and down, they could have had to play Wisconsin or Iowa or these. They get Miami. And I'm not trying to smack talk Miami. What I'm trying to say is the exact opposite. Kansas is 31 and six, and they won the most difficult conference during the regular season, the Big 12. They won the most difficult conference in the postseason tournament, the Big 12. And they're one seed, and they're playing Miami, who finished middle of the pack in their conference, and they lost 10 games. You know what this reminds me of? And I don't, I don't like putting this out there in the ether, but this game reminds me a lot of the VCU game. Because a lot of people compare all KU losses in the NCAA tournament like they're the same thing. Remember when they lost the B schools? Remember when uh, Northern Iowa beat them? Remember when VCU beat them? The difference with the VCU losses, first of all, VCU wasn't even really in the tournament. They had to play in the first four and then ended up in the final four. Same thing UCLA did last year. I figured that when they created that first four a handful of years ago, that it was just for eyeballs and gambling purposes and money. I had no idea that teams would actually play their way into the tournament and then play their way to the final four. And now it's happened a couple of times, but back to what I was saying, if Kansas just could have beat VCU and I was looking back, KU was like an 11, 11 and a half point favorite in that game. Then they're in the final four. If they can just beat Miami, who's a 10 seed KU right now is a six point favorite. Then they're in the final four. So the Jacks have put themselves in position right where they want to be. The other game today is North Carolina and St. Peter's. If you just came out of a coma and you went in at the beginning of the NCAA tournament, first of all, glad to have you back with us. And second of all, yeah, no, St. Peter's, the Peacocks are still alive in the NCAA tournament. And with one more win, the St. Peter's Peacocks are in the final four. And every time we talk about the little guy, oh, I love watching the NCAA tournament because there's so many upsets. The truth is we like watching the upsets the first day or the second day, that first Thursday or Friday. But after that, most of the time, a team like St. Peter's gets in the second round and then gets their St. Peter's kicked in. They don't win that game. And they did. And not only did they win that game in the second round, they won their game in the third round. Like Kentucky Murray State, and then St. Peter's went out there and beat Purdue. Yo, Kentucky this year got as high as number four in the country. That means they can win the national championship, but they couldn't beat St. Peter's in the NCAA tournament. Just try that on for size. Murray State had the longest winning streak of any team this year in the country. They won like 18, 19 games in a row at one point, but they couldn't beat the St. Peter's Peacocks when it mattered in March. Purdue? Purdue spent three weeks this year as the top-ranked team in the country, the, the, the number one-ranked team in the country. 
And heading into the tournament, they have the seventh best odds to win the national championship. And they've got a lottery pick and a seven-footer, but guess what they couldn't do? They couldn't beat the Peters. Wait, the Peacocks of St. Peter's. So on the surface, you look at the line, you're like, hold on. Why is North Carolina only an eight-and-a-half-point favorite? North Carolina's been white hot. They beat Duke at Duke on Coach K Day. They had a nice run in the in the, the, the ACC tournament. They've ran their way through the, the NCAA tournament so far. Not ran their way through, but they've looked good. They've won 13 of 15. They're 27 and 9. It's North freaking Carolina. They've got NBA players all over the place. The line's only eight and a half. But I'm not going to be the guy, Grant, that says that St. Peter's can't beat him. Like, do you think the road definitely ends here for the Peacocks? Because obviously nobody thought the 15 was going to knock off the two. And then when they played Murray State, Murray State was a double-digit favorite. They won that game. And then when they played Purdue, Purdue was a double-digit favorite. St. Peter's won that game. Do you think St. Peter's can actually end up in the Final Four? Yeah, absolutely. They can win this game. Really? Yeah, for sure. This is the lowest seed that they've played in the entire tournament. Ooh, good stat. I mean, the, the I think Murray State was the seventh seed, yeah. so now North Carolina's the eight. No, you're right. I, I mean, I just you've watched this team play for three games. I watched most of the Purdue game. Like their guards are really good. North Carolina's got good guards too. I'm not sure what they're going to do inside with Baycott for North Carolina, but I think Peters can definitely win this game. That's the thing, though. You could have said the same thing when yeah, they played Kentucky. Yeah. Like, well, Kentucky's got NBA guards. Well, look at what what happens when they play Purdue. They got NBA guards. Didn't matter. St. Peters beat those teams. Yeah, and. Purdue's got big guys inside, too. Big they guys. had Edie and yeah. Trevion Williams, and they beat those guys. So I, I don't You really know. think St. Peter's can win this game? Yeah. Yeah, you don't? No, I don't. Come on. Let me tell you, you why don't I don't. think there's like a 35% chance they no, can win? No, I don't think there's like a 5% chance because it's mm-hmm. nothing against St. Peter's. It's against – you don't – I don't like to bet against history. And have we ever seen – the answer is no, by the way – a team like this actually get to the Final Four. What about George Mason, Sean? They weren't a 15 seed. Like, they didn't completely come. You had heard of them before. St. Peter's, I'm sure 95% of people listening right now either didn't know that that was a school, maybe today can't tell you that they're at a Jersey City jersey, or that they were the Peacocks until the NCAA tournament started. And you can put me in that group too, by the way. I'm not talking smack on you if you didn't know who St. Peter's was. I didn't know that St. Peter's was a school. I heard of St. Mary's. I heard of St. Joseph. I've heard of St. Bonaventure. I didn't know about St. Peter's. But if St. Peter's wins today, they go to the Final Four, which is one of the all-time great college basketball stories. But I spent too much time on those damn Peters. On the other side, let's get back to my beloved Kansas Jayhawks, where even though there's no one seeds left, depending on, I guess, what happens in that Carolina-St. Peter's game, it's not going to be an easy run. It's not like there's scrub teams left at the beginning of the tournament. It's not like nobody was picking Villanova to win it all, right? Duke was number one for a month this year during the regular season. So let's not pretend like they're coming out of nowhere. And even North Carolina. I understand that North Carolina was a fringe tournament team and that they only had one quad one win entering the NCAA tournament. But come on, it's not like they know the best recruits in the country. We're talking about North Carolina. So if Carolina does beat St. Peter's, and that's your final four. First of all, I better not move KU on just yet, huh? I better not I better not take this Miami team lightly. So let's talk about it on the other side with Grant Nicholson on the sports machine. Bink Sundays, 
610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Grant, do you know the name of the Miami College mascot? The reason I ask is because after we get off the air at noon, about an hour and 20 minutes after that, KU and Miami go out on the basketball court. I knew it at one time. It's like Henry the Ibis or something. Hank. <laughs> Keep guessing. Josephine. Josephine the I- Sebastian. You were kind of close, actually. Sebastian the Ibis. I knew that. I should know that. Which, when it comes to, like, bird mascots walking around, they might have us. I love the Jayhawk, but Sebastian the Ibis is pretty dope. I ain't going to lie. Welcome back in the show. That's Grant Nicholson. I'm the sports machine. KU and Miami, whoever wins that game, goes to the final four. KU's a six-point favorite. As a fight fan, which I am, Sometimes I look at a matchup and I break it down and I say, all right, yeah, this guy's coming off a loss or he's lost two of his last three or whatever, but who beat him, right? Who'd he lose to? And let's just use Francis Ngannou. You guys probably know that name, right? Heavyweight champion of the world. If you lost, if you were on like a 10 fight winning streak and you lost to Francis Ngannou, I'm not going to hold against you too much. If you lost to some scrub and ultimately you're, you want to fight for the belt one day, but it wasn't the champ that beat you, now we got to talk about it. But if the champ beat you, it's not that big of a deal. So sometimes I like to look at who beat you along the way. So let's do that for KU. Did they lose to good teams all their losses? Like, was it the type of loss that when it happens, you go, oh, that, that's what happens. It's college basketball. These are kids. The ball bounces. You know, that type of thing. Nobody goes undefeated. Or can you look at the schedule and say, wait, what? How in the hell did they lose to that team? First, let's play that game with KU. KU won their first four games this season. Then they lost to Dayton by one point, 74 to 73. Dayton was good, guys. Dayton was, I believe, officially the first team left out of the NCAA tournament. By the way, for what it's worth, Dayton played and beat both these teams. 
I don't know why they had KU on their schedule. I don't know why they also had Miami on their schedule. They played them and they beat them. So Dayton must be pretty legit. KU also lost to Texas Tech. Obviously, Texas Tech's good. Don't need to go too far into that. KU got whitewashed by Kentucky at the Fieldhouse. That game sucked, 80-62. to 62. Even though Kentucky got knocked out by St. Peter's, we know how legit Kentucky is. That's not a bad loss. KU lost by three to Texas earlier this year. Texas pretty good. KU lost to Baylor, Baylor, number one seed, and to TCU. So besides Dayton, the only non-tournament team, that's that's it. Every other team that KU lost to this year was a tournament team, which tells me that if you're not really good, you're not going to beat KU. Is Miami really good? Well, they've been on a really good streak. They're experienced. They're well-coached. Let's see who they lost to. Miami lost to Central Florida, not in the tournament. Dayton, not in the tournament. Florida State, not in the tournament. Florida State, again, not in the tournament. Virginia, not in the tournament. Virginia, again, not in the tournament. Virginia Tech, to be fair, they were in the tournament, although they had to go out there and win the ACC tournament to end up making it. What I'm trying to tell you is this would be a pretty momentous slip-up for KU. And it's nothing against Miami. They also beat some good teams along the way. But for a team that's proven that they're not elite, but that they're just hot at the right time, for a Jayhawks team that's been maybe the most consistent team in college basketball from the first game of the year when they beat Michigan State, to regular season Big 12 play when they won that conference, to the postseason when they won that conference, to so far in the NCAA tournament. They need to go out there and win this game. And then I think if they win this game, KU fans like me can at least go, (sighs) because there's been a few times that this round has tripped up KU when it shouldn't, when it's painful as a fan, when you can't go to bed that night. Because you're like, dude, we were there. The VCU game I was talking about, when KU was a double-digit favorite against some school nobody heard of against some coach named Shaka Smart at the time nobody had ever heard of. You win that game, you go to the Final Four, eventually probably win the national championship. Instead, you go home. We've seen it other times for KU teams also. Remember a couple years ago against Oregon? I think that game was here in Kansas City, wasn't it? Against the Ducks. And you trip up again to get to the Final Four. Go out there, score early, play defense. And I'm telling you guys this, at some point KU is going to have a lead against Miami. You're going to look up probably early in this game and see that KU went on a streak because they're the more talented, they're the more experienced, and they're the team that had higher expectations. Here's the problem with Miami. And the only reason I know this is because my co-host of the other show that I do on the BetQL Network is from Miami, and he's been telling me all year, bet on the Hurricanes, bet on – so I do. Like, And they are really good at coming back. So in their wins this year, legitimately, they've got 25 wins this year. 11 of those, they were trailing at halftime. And then they're coming back and winning the game. So as a KU fan, all I'm trying to tell you is don't get too comfortable. Because I do think the KU is going to get out early in this game. 
I do think that Bill Self has had the advantage of knowing we're probably going to go pretty deep into this tournament. So let's get my scouts out there scouting everybody. And the case in Miami, something tells me that they probably can't believe they're here. <laughs> I mean, they were picked to finish last in their conference preseason. They finished middle of the pack. They've had a pretty, I don't want to say easy run through the NCAA tournament. But KU had a more difficult game just to get to this round. I mean, KU had to take out the four-seed Providence. Providence is the real deal. They won a bunch of games this year. Iowa State, nothing against Iowa State fans listening, but did anybody think that Iowa State and Miami were going to be playing in the NCAA tournament to determine who went to the Elite Eight? I don't think so. I don't think anybody listening right now had that in their brackets. 913-576-7610. Text me if you did, and I'll text you back and say you're lying. There's no way anybody listening right now had Iowa State versus Miami and thought, well, as long as KU does what they're supposed to do, no, come on now. KU is the better team. I think what the key is, is Ochai Abadji has to stop, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Playing with his head in his ass. Because for a guy I was just looking up and down, the leading score, he was KU's leading scorer in over 80% of their games this year. And so far in the NCAA tournament, I don't know if he's been their leading scorer once. Now, the fair side of that is Remy Martin has turned into that dude. I don't know if we've ever really seen, I know I haven't as a KU fan, what's going on with this particular tournament run, where all season long, they were really good. They were a one seed. And now that once the tournament got here, They've still been really good. They're still alive, but they're doing it in a completely different way. It was basically Ochai and Christian Brown. Go out there, be a little bit longer than the guards that you're going up against, be a little bit more talented because you guys are going to end up in the NBA. Whoever's got the hot hand that night, if it's not one of you guys, get it down, uh, download a big Dave. He'll get you 10 and 10. Maybe you get games sprinkled in from other guys that drop in points. But so far in the NCAA tournament, Bill Self gave the keys to a guy that really didn't even play in the regular season. Remy Martin has been probably not just KU's best player in the tournament, but probably the best player in the NCAA tournament. And if we look up now in 10 days or whatever it would be, nine days, week from Monday is the national championship. And KU's there, and they end up winning this thing. At this point, if they win three more games, KU wins the national championship in one of those games against Miami. So it's very, very realistic that there could be a parade going on in Lawrence a week from Monday night. You should be there. If you haven't, I don't care if you're a KU fan or not, those things are nuts. Is it as good as like a Chiefs or Royals parade? No. I I didn't mean the parade. Take that back. They will have a parade going down Mass Street, which will be a few days later. I'm talking about go down to Mass Street and watch the streets flood. It is an unbelievable thing. And that'll happen if KU wins coming up here in a couple hours. The streets will flood for the Final Four. But I'm talking about you can't get an inch of Mass Street if they end up winning the national championship. Now, to be fair, in 2008, when Chalmers hit the shot, I was in college. I lived on Mass Street. But I wasn't there enjoying the festivities. 
Because I was down in San Antonio, Grant. I had to see that with my own eyes, brother. I was in the house to see. I know it because I was there. That was a crazy trip. So we had my buddy uh, was the grandson of the owner of the Lawrence Journal World. And so he got eight tickets. So it was him and his boy, a couple other dudes I didn't really know, his mom and his sister, and then me, and he had an extra ticket. So I let my buddy Todd come. And here was the deal that we were all going to drive separate like a caravan all the way down from Lawrence to San Antonio where the national championship was that year. We decided to kick with some homies the night before and stay in Dallas. You don't care about that anyway. But here was the deal. The only motel we could find was a half-star motel. One half of one-star motel. Only time that I've actually had a hooker come up to me and ask me for services, or at least for money. And uh, so... Here's the deal. We were going to stay at the half-star Alamo Lodge. Grant, Google Alamo Lodge real quick while I'm talking to see if it still exists. place was a dive. Absolutely disgusting. But anyway, so here's the deal. We were going to drive down there. My boy gave me a ticket for me and a ticket for my friend. But it wasn't just to the national championship game. We also got to go to the final four. It was the only final four where all one seeds played. You guys remember that? UCLA, North Carolina, Memphis, and Kansas. And so we got to go to the final four games also. So we got to see Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love, Derrick Rose, Chris Douglas Roberts, and then Tyler Hansborough and who was it? Ty Lawson. I think it was a sick. It was a loaded up final four. But anyway, as college kids, we were a little bit nervous because the deal was if KU won that first game against North Carolina in the final four on Saturday, then we got to stay in San Antonio. And it was going to be a lot of fun. A couple of college kids, day off, all gravy, baby. But if they lost, then my buddy said, you got to give me the ticket to the national championship game, and I'm going to sell it to the highest bidder. Like, stand out there, old school scalper style. So there was a lot riding on this, man. Like, we might be driving down to San Antonio just to watch a Final Four game and then turn our broke college asses around. But ultimately, we know what happened in that game, right? Cole Aldridge dominated Tyler Hansborough. At one point in that game, KU was up 42-10. to 10. I turned to my buddy that I was with, and I go, punch me in the face. He said, what? I said, punch me in the face. I want to make sure that I like wasn't dreaming. And he did. Laid me out. And then once I came to, I was like, man, this is great. Does Alamo Lodge still exist? Did you find it? I mean, it looks like it's the oldest. It's a Masonic Lodge. Is that right? In San Antonio, Texas? Is that what it's called? Is that what it is now? Masonic Lodge? I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. So it's the oldest Masonic Lodge in... No, this is a motel. You're finding something else. Okay. I Googled Alamo Lodge. I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe I stayed in a Masonic Lodge. What do I know? I would. I've stayed in worse. I've slept in my car 17 different times in my life, Grant. 913-576-7610. You guys want me to keep talking college basketball, KU? We can talk Tyree to kill. Text me. 913-576-7610. You text me. We'll talk about it. It's Bink in the morning. What do they call it? Sunday's Bink? Bink on Sundays? It's Bink Sundays at 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I've been friends with this guy for years in real life. We're also Facebook friends, but I'm thinking about unfriending him on Facebook because my boy, we met in Lawrence. I hope you're listening right now, Justin. We met in Lawrence, and we did radio together. He used to produce for me sometimes, and I believe he's, like, born and raised in Topeka. And he's the biggest Duke basketball fan I know, and this time of year always floods his, whatever it's called, Facebook feed with Duke stuff, and for whatever reason, it comes up on mine. So I pulled up. It's like, what a great last dance it's been for Coach K. Can you temporarily unfriend people on Facebook, Grant? Is that a thing? Maybe. I'm thinking, I know you can, let like, me look real quick. Oh, it says take a break. I'm about to take a break from this dude. might be able to take dude. a break, yeah. I'm about to take a break from this dude. I know you can, like, mute things for, like, a period of time. It just pisses me off when people are, and I like this guy. We're good friends. Just when you're a, when you grew up somewhere and your school's a blue blood and you're a fan of another blue blood just to troll, just to be a prick, essentially. Yeah, I said it. The dude's a Duke fan. He grew up. Right outside of Lawrence. How does that happen? How does that happen? My boy Kramer. You guys know Kramer, right? I love Kramer. Kramer g- grew up in St. Joe. Kramer grew up in St. Joe. Now, they didn't have, you know, preseason back then, or I should say training camp in St. Joe back then, you know, when he was young or whatever. But my boy's lived in Kansas City his whole life. My boy Kramer. Where's Raiders gear to work every day? How? Why? Maybe I should question why I'm friends with these people. How does that happen? 913-576-7610. All right, I asked, you answered. I said, do you want me to keep talking college basketball or talk Tyreek Kill? And you guys said, let's talk Tyreek. So let's go ahead and talk Tyreek Kill. You know, go ahead and text me in. I'll throw this question out there. What's your favorite Tyreek Kill play? Call me or text me. What's your favorite Tyreek Kill play in a Chiefs uniform? Don't be a smart ass and talk about off the field stuff and all that. No need. Not even funny. 
Because there have been a lot of different choices when it comes to this is how I'm going to remember that guy in a Chiefs uniform on the field. Mine's probably the Baltimore play in the regular season. Remember that one? That was nuts. All right, let's go to the phone lines. KJ, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, KJ? What's up, Legend Sean? How What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Oh, uh, so my favorite Tyree Kill play. Yes. All right, I have two, and they're very similar, and they stand out in the same. 2016, Denver Broncos punt return. Everybody chanting his name. Yeah. This year, Buffalo Bills divisional game. He got two shots at it back-to-back, and we chanted his name for a solid, I believe, five. Right. And it was if – you, if you were only watching the television broadcast, you didn't hear it. You, you, you didn't get to feel it. You didn't get to see it the way it was. Dude, KJ, it's, it's, crazy, it's crazy that you bring up a, uh, like a special teams play because Tyree Kill, if you remember, like the way that his career ultimately went when the Chiefs drafted him – they had no idea he was going to turn into, quote-unquote, Tyree Kill, right? They thought that maybe they could get a guy that had some troubles, that moved down the draft, that had good speed, work his hands, work his route running, speed wasn't going to go anywhere, and then ultimately turn him into like a number two or three wide receiver. But if you look at his stats, he gave them no choice but to put his ass on the field. Year one, had like 500, 600 yards, couple of touchdowns. He was dynamic when it came to kickoffs and punt returns. By year two, 1,000 yards. Now you got eight or nine touchdowns. So by year three, you're talking about 1,400 yards and double-digit touchdowns. It's like, holy crap, that happened fast. This guy was an afterthought in the draft. They hoped that maybe he could kind of turn into a good player, and he turned into, by far, the best wide receiver to ever play for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's going to be a while, I think, for anybody else to dethrone him. And I'm going to give you some of the numbers coming up after the break because as lucky as we've been here in Kansas City with the running back position, like, I mean, in my lifetime, Okoye was fun to watch. Marcus Allen was fun to watch. Jamal Charles fun to watch. uh, Priest Holmes really fun to watch. Hell, Larry Johnson was like, there have been a lot of different dudes at that position. Tight ends. We can argue that Kansas City has set the two best tight ends to ever play the game of football. There you go. I have puberty once a show. Football. But when it comes to wide receivers, not really. Grant, pull up for me if you could the Chiefs all-time yards leaders when it comes to wide receivers. And then just go through some of the names. Because I really think that Stephon Page is going to be very high up on said list. I don't think it's going to be as far as you think before you get to names like Derek Alexander and like Dwayne Bowe might be at the top or very, very high up there. Not exactly the uh, the who's who of wide receivers. Tyree Kill for what he did over one, two, three, four, five years is six years. The best Chiefs wide receiver that has ever wore the uniform. And it's going to be a while before somebody dethrones him. Stephon Page cracks the top 10. Does he? Yeah. Tony but, Gonzalez is number one, of course. But he's Travis, not really a wide receiver. Yeah, Travis and then Kelsey, number two. Not really a wide receiver. Let's start with wide receivers. Okay, sorry. Otis Taylor. Back. Okay. Number three. My dad will tell you about him. Okay, tell me somebody I've heard Dwayne of. Bo- Dwayne Bowe's four. So in the, in the modern Chiefs era, Dwayne Bowe is the best Chiefs wide receiver of all time. I mean, yes. Like, keep going. By receiving yards by well, themselves. Tyreek Hill, five. 
Henry Marshall from the 70s and 80s, Carlos Carson, Stefan Page, Chris Buford. Chris Burford. Burford, whatever. And then Eddie Kinnison. Eddie Kinnison. Yeah, Thank top you. 10. That proves my point. That's what I needed. That all time, all time for a very proud franchise, Eddie Kinnison, there's probably people driving around right now that are like, who? I remember him, but I don't remember him playing for the Chiefs. Has the 10th most receiving yards in Chiefs history, so... Yes, Tyree Kill is the best Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver of all time. Of all time, he said. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. I'll talk Chiefs. I'll talk KU basketball. I'll probably talk a little Peacocks basketball. Are you seeing what Bobby Witt, a junior, is doing so far in spring ball, Grant? You've been watching that or listening here on 610? I've been keeping abreast. You've been pretty, keeping abreast? Pretty impressive stuff. I think that Bobby Witt Jr. has as much pressure on him as any athlete in Kansas City probably since Patrick Mahomes. At least young athlete. The way that people talk about him when I drive around listening to the station during the day is like he's going to go out this year and hit 300 with 30 home runs and 120 RBIs and win the gold glove. Like he's Mike Trout right out the gates. And if he is, yo, I'll come back on whenever they let me on. And I'll say I was wrong. But if he just goes out there and stays healthy, that's all I really want. I've already seen a guy, middle infielder, in fact, that for years they've told me about this guy, that he's a 5 2 player and that he can go out there and hit for power and play gold glove in the field and steal more bases than anybody. Well, I'll tell you what. The problem with Alberto Mondesi hasn't been when he's on the field. He's been okay. It's been that he's not on the field. So for me, for Bobby Witt Jr., just stay on the field. Just stay healthy, and I'm cool. I don't need you to go out there and take the Royals to the World Series this year. It'd be cool if he did. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, I got some other thoughts on Tyree Kill. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. He's Grant. I'm Sean. And you, Bink Sundays, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. 
handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Wrapping up now, hour number one here, Big Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. I am I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. KU Miami tips off a little bit after we get out of here. We're off at noon. Game tips off at, I believe, 120. Jayhawks and Hurricanes. KU's a six-point favorite. After that, it is Duke. I'm sorry, it is North Carolina taking on the Peacocks of St. Peter's. So we will know officially who the final four teams are by early evening tonight. We'll be here until noon, granted myself, on Bink Sundays. 913-576-7610 is the phone number coming up at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. I got a Levine's list for you guys because it feels like with all the wide receiver movement, now you can't argue that the Chiefs I think that it's fair to say that the Chiefs have the worst right wide receiver core in the AFC West, right? Is that is that fair to say, Grant? I mean, I'd have to look at all the other rosters. Well, let's but just go over it real quick. You don't need to. One of them has Keenan Allen. He's a top five wide receiver. You don't have him. Top ten. But you're saying receiver core. Okay, one of them you're has Hunter groups. Renfro and Devontae Adams. Alright. They got some dudes. We know that Eh, maybe the Chiefs have better wide receiver core than the Broncos now that I think about it. I mean, Russell Wilson's throwing the ball to those dudes now if they can stay healthy. Anyway, my point is this. The Chiefs definitely aren't as good when it comes to the wide receiver core today as they were five days ago before they traded Tyreek Hill. Now, to be fair, they've made multiple moves since then. They did get Juju Smith-Schuster. I guess that was before that, technically. They also got Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Let's say that those guys combine, go out there and have 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards, 11, 12 touchdowns. I'll say great, but I'll also say this. It took two dudes to do what one dude did. Because that's what I think Tyree Kill is going to be able to do next year. Whether it's Patrick Mahomes throwing the football or whether it's Tua Tagovailoa throwing him the football whether it's steaming Willie Beeman throwing the football. I think that he's good enough where, yeah, it was an unbelievable combination with Pat throwing the ball to Tyree because not only was it the yards after catch with Tyree Kill, in my opinion, the best in the history of the NFL. I mean, once he catches the ball is when the show really starts. But also, 
We've seen plenty of times where he just burns the secondary, burns double teams. Patrick Mahomes runs around for a little bit, like old Tech Mobile style, drops back, gives himself some time, airs it out as far as he can. Tyreek runs under the ball, touchdown. We've seen that too. I don't think two is going to be able to do that quite as much because his arm's not quite as strong. But I do think that Tyreek Hill is going to put up the numbers. I do think that Tyreek Hill is going to keep doing what he's done the last, well, since he's become an elite wide receiver, which I would say four years in the league, where he's averaged, averaged 11 touchdowns and 1,100 yards. I don't think we're done seeing that Tyree kill in the NFL, which is the only reason why, to me, when I heard the news that the Chiefs were about to let, because as soon as the news came out, if you were paying attention, as soon as it was the Chiefs are letting Tyree kill talk, the suitors came out of the woodwork. We heard, oh, the Jets are willing to give up a package. We heard Miami's willing to give up a lot. And then ultimately, there were probably like four or five other teams that tried to get in on it. The Chiefs said, no, we're not going to trade you to that particular team or he doesn't want to go there, whatever the reason was. But you'd have to imagine there was half dozen teams that as soon as Tyree Kill services came available, they started to call in Brett Veach. What? Really? Is that for real? Because once the news came out that the Chiefs were willing to let him talk, it wasn't a matter of an hour before he was a Miami Dolphin. So there were a lot of teams out there that wanted Tyree Kill. And I don't want to put words in the Chiefs' mouth saying they don't think that during the length of the contract over the next four years that he's going to be the same guy. But also, their actions indicate to me, talking about the Chiefs' front office, that they didn't think he was worth it. They thought, how can we maximize right now one of the three or five best wide receivers in the NFL who we have under contract? And they made the decision to trade him away to get back draft picks, to get cheaper, to save money, and to ultimately try to find the next Tyreek Hill. Here's my only problem with that way of thinking. I understand it. I get it. I'm not an idiot. Despite the fact that I was in college for seven and a half years, I'm not that dumb, D-U-M. I understand what Brett Veach is doing, trying to get something back, thinking, all right, three or four years from now, he might not be quite as fast, so he loses his best skill set. He's going to be paid more money than any wide receiver in the league, or at least he is right now, highest paid wide receiver in the history of football. We've gotten a lot out of him on first his rookie contract and then the one we gave him a few years ago. We need money to free up for other positions, free up about $20 million. Like, I get it. I get it. we got to build through the draft, and now we've got 12 draft picks. But the issue is a couple of things. One, the division. It's getting a lot better. There's not the same the division that we've had around us the last few years of Chiefs fans where, yeah, even if they didn't have Tyree Kill last year, they'd probably still win the division or the year before that or the year before that. Like, is it as easy? Is it as fun? No, but I think the Chiefs were much more talented than everybody else. That's one problem. The other problem is you're not always going to be in a Super Bowl window. I think there's an assumption because you got Patrick Mahomes and because he already looked like the best quarterback in the league the first full year he was the starter, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, MVP, AFC championship game. Then the next year won the Super Bowl. And I'm guilty of this also. It was like, oh, whoever they put around him, they're going to be one of the teams that can win the Super Bowl. Well, now you look back on the two, this team that actually won the Super Bowl a few years ago. And if you start listing the most important players, the reason why we had that parade, I would say one, Patrick Mahomes, 
two Honey Badger, three Tyree Kill. Well, now two of those three guys, if not three, I'm sorry, at least two of those three guys, Tyree Kill's gone. Honey Badger ain't coming back. So it's just a completely different team. And I'm not sure that that Super Bowl window that we thought was cranked wide open isn't starting to close a little bit or a lot bit. Just because you're the best quarterback in the league doesn't mean you're a Super Bowl caliber team. It helps. You know what else helps? When you've got Tyron Matthew playing like a top five defensive player in the league, which he was here the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, a wide receiver that puts up top five numbers at his position. They had that. Both those guys are gone, and the league's getting better around you. Not just the division, the AFC West, but the league, the AFC as a whole. That's where all the studs live. Let's keep talking football on the other side because it feels like as far as free agency goes, I'm just calling a spade a spade, and we're, and we're listing the AFC West teams, one through four, that had the best offseason. We can certainly argue who had the best. There have been a lot of big moves made. But is there any question who had the worst? One hour in the books, two more coming up. Bink Sundays, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.